Oh, man. Oh, that came out a little loud. Welcome back to another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. Happy to be here, Rick. How about you? Eh, fair to Midland. He's here. He's I'm here. here. Yeah. He's here. <laughs> made it over, so. Resting suburban dad face. Is yeah. that what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a callback from a previous episode. <laughs> it's just a callback from every episode. Yeah, but you took the cameras away, I think, because is that I heard was scaring away people from subscribing. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that. I know I've been blaming it on being a one-woman show in the marketing department. But Ooh. Yeah. But we hear you have help on the way. I do have help on the way. That's great. I have to hear about your one-woman show <laughs> one more time, Renna. <laughs> we have to hear how busy you walk are. Out of this podcast. <laughs> Please say it again. Please say it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, no one's way. making you do a podcast. I've been very clear about that. <laughs> what are we gonna do? What What would we do? What are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, Danny's heart. No, Look yeah. at him. Danny I'm, would just have his we're, own we're TikTok channel. We're trying know. to make this a national thing, Rick. Yeah, we already and know. We're, we're fourth of the way there. We already know where this is going. Yeah, twenty twenty five percent of the yeah. way there. <laughs> You're gonna have a TikTok. And you would just make, you would yeah. your I'm yeah. not. You know, I I don't need show, a TikTok. The Danny show doesn't just have the same. Pizzazz. The Danny Show, yeah. The Rick yeah. and Danny the Show. The Rick and Danny Show. Again, why are you both in here? Because Rick and Danny sounded the best together. That's so, just because of the names. That's just it. Of the names, so not the personalities. Blame your parents. the names. A little bit of the personalities. <laughs> a little bit. If you or, could see or, his face or now, personality. you can see the face now. <laughs> personality singular. Sorry, that was me silently killing myself on the inside. Ooh, but you're still here. <laughs> You'll be back. My, my, my physical flesh is here. There will still be calendar invites that you will have to show up. Yep. You Your mean, schedule will still maybe get blocked. You mean weekly, hey, we're doing it today, and then day of something happens where we can't do it the way we plan on doing it? Yeah, okay. Hey, sometimes, you know, people get sick, guests, you know, can't, As Jeff Goldblum, can't make it for some reason. Dogs get <laughs> kicked. As Jeff Goldblum Dog. said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. <laughs> life finds a way, yeah. But we're here. Aren't you happier that you're here with us? No. You're lying. I'm going to cut Oh, yes. for sure he is. I'm going to just cut this it. Is, that's yes. going to be the most awkward. <laughs> like a really like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <That's not laughs> yes, I am very happy to be here right now. It's going to be me. Yes, I am. <laughs> literally not me. Well, we're going to get your reaction again to another article. All right. Presented by it's a rant day. Presented by Danny, coming to you from New England Journal of Medicine again. So is it, sponsored is it, by Duncan. Wait, I was gonna say, is it Danny brought to you by the New England Journal of Medicine, sponsored by Duncan, or is it Yes New England Journal that of Medicine? That sounded well sponsored by Duncan, brought good. to you by Danny. Just as you said it, Rick. <laughs> that sounded well. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm drinking too much Duncan. I'm getting a little too a little too edgy. There is no such thing as too much Duncan. That's true. Yeah, there might be for him. For me. <laughs> I'm a little more sensitive to it than you, Rick. But that's, you know, let's let's just get into it. I just wish I was, well, I had your caffeine response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I could feel something again. <laughs> I'm dead he's, inside, He's baby. numb to caffeine. I'm Actually, drinks it all day long and he's still numb. I'm dead it. inside. My... Brenna's going to cut all this my, out. Oh, no, I'm not, absolutely my caffeine not. receptors have burned down decades ago. Speaking of receptors, Rick. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Have you heard about BCMA? Can you sit like a half an inch back? Thank you. <laughs> Brenna's saying I'm talking too loud again. Well, her eardrum is bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Can you see it? <laughs> well, she has headphones on. Uh, yeah. So 
BCMA, have you heard of it? BCMA, that is a receptor. I'm going to put that together. Yeah. For multiple myeloma. For multiple myeloma. That's all I know. B-cell maturation antigen. Okay. So this was the first receptor uh, for which they created CAR T-cell therapy for myeloma. I believe it's the first, so I'm sure there's some historian out there that's like, eh, it's not the first, Can Danny. Can you give the listeners and your friendly radiation doctor? Uh, yes. Ten, what, give me CAR T-cell therapy in a 10,000-foot real brief nutshell. What does that mean? Very briefly, so you take a patient's immune cells, you hook them up to a machine which filters out their immune cells, their lymphocytes. You send them to a lab that has the capability of engineering those lymphocytes, which are white blood cells. Uh, to express a protein of your choice on the outer layer of the cells. And once they inject, and they usually do this via a viral vector, like a virus that introduces a protein into the cell, they make sure they collect enough of the cells, and then they bring it back to the patient, infuse it in after chemotherapy is given, and hopefully that those immune cells fight the cancer because they're... Uh, they have a target to so go to. The way to think about it for the listeners, your engineered immune system mm-hmm. specifically targeting yep. a protein on the cancer cells. Correct. Yep. The protein that is expressed on the immune cells binds to the cancer cells. That's the hope, at least. So this article... That's a really good tag team. You guys should start a podcast. Oh, very nice. I wonder what we'll call it. <laughs> And why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this was an international phase three trial, and it was looking at relapsed refractory multiple myeloma. So patients needed to... uh, Real quick, real quick. So relapsed refractory means... Relapsed refractory means that they've been through multiple lines of treatment for multiple myeloma. Multiple myeloma is a type of blood cancer affecting plasma cells, which are the cancer cells that grow uncontrollably in their system. It can wreak havoc on your bone marrow, your, affect your kidney function, affect um, the bones, a variety of systems in your body. And patients can get very sick from this disease. So it needs treatment when you diagnose it. And um, there's standard treatments that we give for multiple myeloma. And most of them are targeted treatments, meaning that they, they're pretty good at targeting the myeloma cells. Um, and we use combination therapies of different drugs. Those drugs, the class of drugs, some of them are called IMIDs, uh, kind of um, they uh, modulate the immune system and hopefully try to get the immune system to help uh, fight the myeloma. And that's uh, those cells uh, or those therapies are called uh, Revlimid and, and Pomalist. Revlimid is usually given uh, frontline therapy for myeloma with combination of a proteasome inhibitor um, and possibly a new drug called daratumumab. And those are all therapies given in the frontline setting when someone's diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Now, at at some point, multiple myeloma is thought to be a disease that can't be cured with standard therapy. So even patients that go into a deep remission after their initial treatments usually have relapse disease where it shows up again in the blood. Um, refractory disease would mean that they didn't respond well to therapy at all. So they might might not have achieved a response with 
frontline or even second line therapy. So it's kind of saying just takeaway is it's kind of the the worst of the worst actors where mm-hmm. the disease is not obviously not cured and has seen multiple lines of therapy and right. presumably these are going to be the more aggressive more cancers. aggressive types of multiple myeloma and and we risk stratify everyone from the beginning and it's based on genetics um, where we look at what are the genetic changes in the myeloma cells which led to the development um, so this was looking at a BCMA CAR T cell therapy um, and I'm not going to say the long drug name because I can I can barely pronounce it but just so the viewers know that okay. we no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to try now. Yeah, you have to. It's it's abbreviated Adacel. There we go. The abbreviation. On, but the the whole name. I'll try it. I'm not afraid. Adacaptogene visalucil, I think. It's pretty solid. Something like that. Up top. Yeah, I'd say I'd call that Adacaptogene visalucil. Perfect. Great. Adacel. 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 Um, yeah, so this was looking at, and, and there are trials, I think that are ongoing to look at giving this type of therapy earlier on in the disease course. So maybe even, you know, as a frontline strategy, but this was looking at patients who have received two to four regimens previously for treatment of their, um, myeloma. And they, stratified uh, the patients and randomized to in a two-to-one ratio. So um, twice as many patients got randomized to the uh, CAR T-cell therapy, and then the other group were given the choice of one to five other standard regimens. And I believe the investigators could choose which regimen they wanted to, to what try. I'll tell you that in just a minute here. It's in that first, there's that first. Yeah, that's what I was usually trying to see. You see that they didn't list the dates there. I didn't print out the whole thing. I should have, but whatever. What's the median follow-up? And then we can kind of maybe extrapolate that. Yeah, they, actually the median follow-up was not that long so far. Uh, 18.6 months. So probably new. For myeloma, not, not very probably long. Probably a couple years old. Yeah. So, um, so um, they did assign the patients to a different dose range. That's just... I don't think an important detail for the listeners, but um, their primary endpoint was progression-free survival, which you could argue is a contentious topic about whether we should use progression-free survival or should it be overall survival, meaning, you know, judge a treatment based on whether patients are living longer, not just whether they progress later date (laughs) or blood work looks better. Um, and then secondary endpoints, we're looking at how, how well did people respond to the therapy and overall survival. I will say that the survival data, they said, is immature because they've just had 18 and a half uh, months of follow-up thus far. But the um, 
primary endpoint um, median progression-free survival was just over a year in the CAR T-cell therapy, 13.3 months, and in the other standard uh, regimens, it was only about four and a half months. So pretty significant nine or so month improvement in progression-free survival. The response rate in the CAR T-cell therapy arm was 71%, and that uh, means uh, at least a partial response to therapy uh, and 42% in the standard arm uh, group. Yeah, so My question is, because yeah. I don't do myeloma mm -hmm. obviously that much, um, were the options for the patients who were not on the CAR T-cell, was it, was it a appropriate, were they appropriately given one of those five options? I mean, would that be something you would offer a patient in this setting? Or was it a substandard control arm? Yeah, so the regimens as followed were daratumab, pomalidomide, dexamethasone. Let me see here. They've already failed some of these drugs. Yeah, so, so yes, but um, I would say they, you only need two lines of therapy. So some of these patients might have undergone stem cell transplantation uh -huh. potentially. So, Because um, that's they, what always worries me about these trials is, is the control arm a substandard control arm, or even in some cases, are you giving patients drugs you've already seen? Well, I, the only problem I have with with the control arm is the the variability in what was given. Because we know, for example, one of these triplets is is definitely shown to be, and, and I don't think any of these standard arms have actually been compared head-to-head. So I guess it'd be hard to to say one's better than another, but response rates and progression-free survival in some of the studies are are much better with certain triplets versus others. Mm -hmm. So um, you could argue that maybe just choosing one standard, but that, that would be hard to do because of the variability in what people no, were treated with. No, I get that you have with. to have options. Right, I guess the question right. for me is, yeah. in, in you as a medical oncologist, if you saw this patient are those options things you would actually give the patient in they the are. world? They are, yeah. So it's not a, not a clearly inferior? Not inferior, because most of them are triplets. They gave the opportunity of uh, one regimen, which isn't a triplet. Um, and when I say triplet, I mean two myeloma drugs plus steroids, and that's a triplet for Did they myeloma. break down how many got the triplets versus the doublet? Uh, they probably did, but I might not have printed that out. But I imagine most people got triplets because the only reason you would, in my opinion, use a doublet would be that you have a patient who isn't as fit. And for clinical trial purposes, especially when you're thinking about putting on CAR T-cell therapy, okay. which definitely has higher risks risk okay. associated with it. Yeah. Okay. I. What are the like side effects specifically with CAR-T that you see that you might not see with the standard triplet? Yeah, the, the big one is going to be CRS, which stands for cytokine release syndrome. Um, so that's, think of it as uh, when you infuse those lymphocytes, the immune cells back into the patient, they have this rip-roaring cytokine release from the uh, immune response. So it's sending all these proteins, which signal more inflammation. And of course, you want some of that to kill the cancer cells, but it can really harm harm the patient secondary to the to the infusion. And uh, symptoms of that includes fever, um, high fever sometimes, uh, low blood pressure, um, 
confusion, um, you know, shakes, you know, patient feels extremely fatigued, and they grade it, you know, one to four. Uh, three and four CRS or cytokine release syndrome usually requires hospitalization because that's when you have low blood pressure and mm-hmm. the patient kind of develops this shock state where uh, difficulty controlling their blood pressure, they're confused potentially, um, sometimes confused to the point where they're in a coma. Mm. And you have to give treatment to reverse some of that cytokine release, which is basically putting a stop on that immune response. And they've, they've looked at the safety of doing that, meaning the safety of um, administering immunosuppression after you give CAR T-cell therapy, because you do want that immune response to kill the cancer cells. But if someone's sick enough to require hospitalization as a result of the infusion, then you have to lower that immune response and, and save the patient first, you sure. know. Um, and it's safe to give, you know, drugs like, it could be just steroid dosing, or they have a specific drug called tocilizumab, which they give a lot, um, that uh, blocks that immune response. Is that interleukin or something? Mm-hmm. Interleukin blocker, yeah. So I think it's IL-6 blocker. And um, so they have, I mean, it's a pretty standard protocol to uh, uh, for CAR T cell therapy and and how to manage that toxicity, um, these are only given usually at the bigger institutions, usually academic centers like um, UF Gainesville or or Mayo Clinic do the CAR T cell therapies. Most of the other surrounding hospitals don't have the capability yet or the support staff yet to really really do CAR T infusions because it takes a lot of uh, a lot of staff to and yeah. and plus and, the engineering side. Yeah, right. Engineering side and um, and even if you send it off to the lab outside of the hospital, I think you need a whole department where people are educated, nurses are educated, doctors are educated. You know, you just need the whole team right. to know what they're right. doing. Like bone marrow transplant, you right? Or something. And this is a very expensive therapy. That's the other point here is, you know, this showed an improvement of progression-free survival of nine months. We'll we'll see if it actually translates to overall survival. Um, which is, is really the, the main endpoint that we're looking for. We're looking to see if therapies actually, um, help patients live longer. So, you know, is, is it going to be worth the added cost too, right? Uh, you know, you, if a therapy is going to cost $500,000 to give potentially because of a prolonged hospitalization and just the cost of engineering the T cells, um, if it doesn't improve survival, I, I don't think there's going to be any insurance that's going to cover it, you know, outside of a clinical trial. So, so it's all about if it's improving survival, you know, that that's a, a good reason to approve a therapy like this. Um, there are still trials going on with with therapies like this, and um, and there are also new drug formulations against this protein target, so BS, BCMA. There's new antibody therapies that are called bispecific T-cell engagers where you have an antibody created where it has a receptor uh, protein that binds to BCMA, um, and then you have it attached to another receptor which binds to your immune system to activate it. Hmm. So once it binds to the cancer, it activates your immune system, and the toxicities uh, sort of like CAR T cell therapy, where you have a risk of cytokine release syndrome with the with the bite they call it bite therapies, um, but 
it's less than CAR T cell therapy and it's cheaper to give. And there's some formulations that are given um, even as a subcutaneous injection versus IV. Wow. So, and you don't need to harvest your, your immune cells. It's oh, just given, yeah. you know. Huh. Yeah. So they, they have trials with those type of therapies going on. And to plug our research department, we have one of those bite therapies available now for patients with certain type of B cell lymphomas. So, um, you know, anyone undergoing treatment for B cell lymphoma, really look at our research page. We have a great trial of a new bite therapy um, that is, is one of the latest and greatest treatments for for lymphoma. It certainly sounds promising. It's awesome. It yeah. Nice. Nice job. Thanks, Brenna. I feel like that didn't get me as riled up as <laughs> you were hoping for. No, it, it, it didn't. You didn't go on a rant here, no. Rick. But I, you had well, good I think, questions. I think, I think you had a very reasonable, nuanced opinion. So I had. I could go, doctor. It's hard to approve a therapy that probably costs near three to five hundred thousand dollars for a progression for your survival well, and benefit. Like I always tell patients in the especially in the metastatic, you know, setting is if we're not extending your life or improving your quality of life. Right. Ideally both. Ideally but if we're both. not if we're not doing one of those two things, right. you really kinda gotta think, what are we doing here? Right. But even more of a reason to get onto trials because even if it doesn't, you know, pan out that this improves survival, you know, at a minimum, it's obviously delaying progression. So you get a longer response with CAR T cell therapy. And if, if you're in a clinical trial for it, you pay no money to get on these trials. It's just well, I think, the, the monitoring and... Yeah, I mean, I think also, know. too, there's a part of if you want to go on a trial, like an altruistic way to think about for you know, sure. giving back to people who are going to be in your shoes in the future. And you're hopefully you're enrollment on a trial will help inform yep you know, others of the better options down the down the road one way or the, whether the whether it pans out or not negative trials are just as important as positive trials right just, they, not, just not as they don't get reported in the good saying, journals just not as just not as sexy <laughs> that's true not new england journal yeah well thanks for joining us for another episode of the rick and danny show i thought we had a great discussion here rick uh, I think you did too, if you don't say so yourself. <laughs> Talk to you guys next time. See you later.